Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in Good Omens Season 2. Hey, hello, peeps. Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And I'm Rebecca, and we're talking about Good Omens Season 2, Episode 1, Chapter 1, The Arrival. We are so excited, and I feel like this episode did not disappoint. I can't say that exactly, but Mm. it was good. And I'll get to it towards the end as to what disappointed me. But there's a lot that I'm not disappointed about. I did notice we got another writer. John Fenimore, and I think he worked on the season one, but I don't know what he did in season one. Evidently, he's a writer and actor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We have the same director, Douglas McKinnon, and of course, Neil Gaiman. And Terry Pratchett still gets his credit because he was part of the original team that wrote Good Omens. I still haven't read that book. I think I might have to read it. <laughs> yes, maybe after we finish the podcast on season two, maybe we should do an episode about the book. Oh, that would be cool. Let us know, dear listeners. All right. Ready for a synopsis? Please. This is from IMDb. Retired angel Aziraphale and retired demon Crowley's lives are upended when a visitor arrives on the doorstep of Aziraphale's bookshop. Local shopkeepers Maggie and Nina get locked into Nina's coffee shop when Crowley loses his temper. And that is the end of their synopsis. Wow. Short and sweet and Short. incomplete, I would uh, say. Yeah, but very much so. Incomplete. That's okay. We'll fill in the gaps as we work <laughs> through the episode. Let's get so, into it. Yeah, we open before the beginning. And we see Crawley before his fall with his eyes normal. Mm-hmm. And I can't even with that hair. I was just going to say the same thing. It reminded me of something and I couldn't think of what it was. And But I keep landing on Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka, but I don't think that's necessarily it. I hear what you're saying. It's got to be a nod to something that we have both seen it's that little flippy thing at the top. No, it's. I was just looking at a picture of Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. That's not it, but it does remind me of something. And I was like, what's he got in his hand? A socket wrench? Sure <laughs> enough, he's going to crank up the gears on a scroll, priming the engine of the universe. That was quite cool. It was. Were you at all disappointed we didn't get Crawley's name? Oh, Who was he before Crawley? Yeah. What was his angel name? Maybe it was the same, but I don't know. Yeah, we didn't get that. I I didn't even think about that. Boy, that was a beautiful scene, though, with all that. So beautiful. Yeah, it's a great use of NASA imagery. (laughs) And Crawley's sheer delight at it all. I loved that. It was so nice. And it was just very childlike joy. Totally. Um, I liked that he got the let there be light line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot. (laughs) But I was thinking, uh, why is Crowley doing God's line here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we find out he was working with him. It sounds close. like God has lots of different departments because it seemed like 
Crowley Crowley didn't know anything much about Earth and humans, mm-hmm. and Aziraphale really didn't know much about stars and nebulas. You know, right. they were like in two different departments. Yes. There's miscommunication between the departments in heaven, evidently. Mm-hmm. Lack of communication. That and will even... ruin any organization, as we know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and speaking of communication, quite a little flirting here. In this very first time, Aziraphale thought Crowley was calling him gorgeous. I know. That was and... so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's just so sweet. Look at you. You're gorgeous. And yes. Yeah, I love the look. And then when he realizes, oh, wait, he's not talking to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or about me. And mm-hmm. disappointed that he's not. Mm-hmm. And just as quickly as Crowley has this childlike joy... We suddenly have him devastated by the fact that it's not even going to be running long enough for a bunch of the stars to be born. Mm-hmm. All that work for only 6,000 years. <laughs> and then breed like, they're going to breed like, since rabbits don't exist yet, he doesn't have rabbits. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. It was cute. Then absolutely loved Crawley's line, but that's idiocy. It's the universe. It's not just some fancy wallpaper. (laughs) It's not just put here to twinkle. (laughs) Of course, in my head, I heard Crowley say that. And I was thinking, what the hell does he know about wallpaper? He didn't even know about Earth. Yes, liberties are taken. (laughs) Liberties are taken. That is the author's purview. Carrying over from last season, Crowley, the questioner, Mm-hmm. Where Aziraphale toes the line, Crowley's mm-hmm. like, fresh point of view. How much trouble can I get into just for asking a few questions? Well, we know exactly what it gets him into. Yes. I did, I enjoyed that. I did write that down as well. Did you recognize that nebula? Which no. nebula? It was uh, the one, well, I mean, it, it's uh, kind of the only big one they showed. It was the Eagle Nebula. Okay. Ooh. M16. No. I, oh. I recognized it. And so, of course, I didn't know what it was called. I just knew I'd seen it in a picture. And Ah. it's super famous. So those kind of three spiky looking things from that nebula are called the Pillars of Creation. How cool is Mm -hmm. that? And the nebula was discovered in 1745 by a Swiss astronomer, Jean-Philippe Loy de Chesot. I'm sure I just totally butchered that French. So I apologize. Okay. Okay to everybody and it's about seven thousand light years from earth in the serpents constellation wow that is such a good find you said the pillars of creation mm-hmm. what a smart choice and i got all that information off the nasa website and i have heard of the pillars of creation before because when i read it i'm like yes of course i have heard that i don't know that i've heard of the pillars of creation well we do my we do know my obsession with space and Anybody that knows me knows I have a relative working at JPL. <laughs> yes. Because I like to tell everybody that I have a relative that works at JPL on NASA missions. <laughs> Which is super cool. It's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Do you recall when both Crowley and Aziraphale are on the wall of the Garden of Eden and the storm is coming? Do you recall, does Aziraphale put his wing above Crowley? To protect him from the rain, or was it vice versa? Do you remember nope. if it was a white wing 
you got it exactly right because I know exactly what you're talking about because I was like, oh, look, now Crowley has his wing over his ear. Exactly. Okay, cool. I'm so glad you knew for sure because that's what I remember. But I was like, oh, gosh, what if I'm wrong? And it's the same person doing it both times. So I love that it is the other person. Yeah, they flipped it. I thought that was so great. And what a great callback. Even though it was flipped, it's still, I mean, immediately that popped into my head. I was like, oh, my goodness. So then we have a new set of credits. I didn't pay a ton of attention to them because I was like, well, I'll do it later because I'm sure we'll do our breakdown of it in the last episode. But go yes. for it. What'd you, what'd you notice? Interesting that at the very beginning, the cliff is very similar to the cliff that everybody was falling off of mm-hmm. at the end of the previous credits. Okay. And Aziraphale lights down from above. And Crawley crawls up from below. Oh. One thing that I want to say is throughout, Aziraphale and Crowley sometimes have wings and sometimes don't. In the opening sequence. In the opening sequence. Well, I wonder if yes. that's meant to represent them prior to the season after they get well, kind of booted. It oscillates back and forth a little bit. They definitely start with wings. And then don't have wings, then they have them again, and then they don't have them. So I'm not sure if something's going to happen in this season that is indicative of that. I mean, I would agree that right now I'd kind of think maybe they don't have their wings because they're quote unquote retired, as the IMDb article said. Another thing, you may recall seeing a bunch of sheep and goats. Yes, so I felt like that has got to be an allusion to the biblical, the shepherd separating the sheep and goats, sheep on the right, goats on the left, the the saved and the damned kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I think is going on there. Did you see that Jane Austen's gravestone is in it? Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. One of the gra- one of the gravestones says uh, Jane Austen. So That's I'm looking funny. forward to that. <laughs> Another gravestone says we're going to we're going to see this in this episode. So I think it's OK for me to say this. One of them says, here lies the former shell of Beelzebub. <laughs> Perfect, right? That is funny. I guess I should have paid closer attention. <laughs> Another one says, here lies Adam. So that's going to be curious to see Hmm. if we find out anything about Adam's face, uh, fate. I mean, oh my gosh, there's a huge spider that I'm very curious how that's going to come into play. I don't want spiders. (laughs) No, and it's a big one. There is a movie poster for Stairway to Heaven that I thought I made out the names Niven, Massey, Livesey. And I looked up, there is a, a 1946 movie with David Niven, Roger, I don't know if it's Livesey or Livesey, I don't know that name, and Raymond Massey, that was a, the original title was A Matter of Life and Death, and it got changed to Stairway to Heaven. Oh, wow. Good there catch. are some, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I was really into it. <laughs> Rabbits fall out of the sky instead of fish. And I was kind of like, well, isn't that funny that when at the beginning, when Aziraphale said breed like, I, right. I wondered if that was at all a nod. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Both the record shop and give me coffee or give me death coffee shop are in it. Mm-hmm. Is the Crawley's pub? cars. Yes. The something donkey, the dirty donkey. Yeah. The dirty donkey is in it as well. 
right on. I think that's plenty. I think okay. those are good catches. We'll we'll address more later, but okay. I think there's some very interesting stuff ahead. I mean, we saw so much was in season one's credits that right. I really think it makes sense to uh, to take a look. Well, the first thing I have after the opening credits is the Shostakovich. Oh, I yes. flipped out and I was like, holy crap, Shostakovich. Awesome. I was like, how providential on our part to yes. pick his music for season one to use as our credit music or our intro and outro music. I mean, not the same song they were actually playing in the episode, but still. Which, like, speaking of... All- of- of all composers. Exactly. Speaking of that record, my trivia question is connected to this. Okay. And I wasn't sure which one to ask you, but I'm going to pick this one. Okay. Which opus of Shostakovich's is it's the symphony number five in D minor, but it had the opus number above that. That I did not write down. I just wrote down symphony number five in D minor. Opus 47. Ah. And the other thing I was thinking about asking was, who did it say was on the piano? Oh, I didn't write that down either. And it was Leonard Bernstein. Wow. The other thing I want to say, just taking us back a tiny bit, is did you recognize Maggie? Did I recognize Maggie? The person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know which character is well, and that's her. That's the actor's real name, too. Same exactly. with Nina. Same with Nina. This, which I thought was so interesting. I think that's got to mean something. Because do you know who Maggie played in season one? I do not. Was she one of the nuns? Yes. Sister Teresa Garrelis. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even recognize her. It took me a while. And I think she had a big ward on her face in season one oh i'm not sure about that huh but she is definitely sister Teresa garrelis and it is so interesting about her and we'll get to nina but that they're Mm -hmm. both using their first names Mm -hmm. and nina was in season one yeah i recognize her as mary yep sister mary loquacious Sister Mary Loquacious, and then in the present, mm-hmm. she was Mary, who was running the paintball thing. Right. And so we already have in universe that in the present day, well, the time just before the end of the world, her name was Mary. Something is going on. Mary came back after the almost end of the world mm-hmm. as Nina. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm just, I'm fascinated that they use, they're using the actors' real names. Right. And I'm fascinated that they're both nuns from, actors that played the nuns from the first season. Yeah. So, very interesting to keep an eye on. We'll see if it has any significance or if they just wanted to bring some of the same actors back. Well, because we have another case of this, right? We do. With, we do. Yeah, we'll get there when we get there. But I'm right. also very intrigued by that. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Keep an eye out on it. But now we're, I think that's outside of Buckingham Palace again, isn't it? The next I scene? think so. You know, most of the time when I see it on TV, you know, you only get bits of it. But I'm pretty sure that's Buckingham Palace. Do you think that's that same St. James Park? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Did you happen to notice what Crawley was reading? 
I did. He's lay it on me. The Tadfield Advertiser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I like the headline. It took me a while to decipher the headline that Tad is Tadfield the best village in England. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's still having this great weather, this Mm -hmm. perfect weather for every season. Yeah, that makes you think that Adam's probably still there, mm-hmm. but we have no confirmation of that as of yet. Yeah, that's all I kind of really noted. I wondered if the two spies things were going to come back later, but or if they were just kind of a throwaway thing. I don't know. I'll be interested in that as well. And if Azerbaijan becomes important in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh see what's coming so tracy's got a new role i fixed it i'm not calling her lucy <laughs> those who listened to our season one episode i had a terrible time calling tracy lucy but i've got tracy <laughs> now in my notes tracy's got a new role yes. we don't know if it's the same person or if she's playing just a completely different person yeah shacks shacks it does seem like a completely new individual I mean, it ain't, they, they've really got her made up differently, dressing differently. Everything's very different. Why would this choice be made if there's not some connection to Tracy? Uh, maybe it's just a little tongue in cheek to drive the viewers uh, wild and crazy by trying to figure out why they did it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that is not going to please me. <laughs> along with along with Nina and Maggie, I feel like there has to be some explanation, like something, mm-hmm. something happened. We, I mean, we saw a little bit of the after mm-hmm. and what we saw in the after was everything was restored. Everybody who died came back to life like Leslie, the messenger. Right. But there were differences mm-hmm. like the books that were in a Zarafale shop. Right. So we there just may be differences that we have not yet had explained. I guess we'll see. We, we shall see. see. I did like the callback with the ducks. <laughs> yes. And I did look it up online. Yes, ducks do like peas. <laughs> and are they good for them? They are very good for them. Oh. So this I was thinking, well, geez, you know, next time I go hiking, I think I'll just maybe carry some peas with me. I don't think they have that, to be frozen. I think they just like peas. There's good nutrients in them for it, for ducks, evidently. Well, it's I. good luck finding frozen peas in the wild, ducks. <laughs> <laughs> so what is going on with this Shax, who seems to be Crow- Crowley's new replacement? Yes, I got that as well. Yeah. But why... Is she, it sounds like, it seems like she's almost reporting to Crowley. I was thinking it was more like she's going to him for information and guidance from the person who did the job before. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll I'll be interested (laughs) in seeing how that relationship develops. Because, you know, there's got to be some fallout that's going to come up in one of the episodes. Oh, yes. And I did think Miranda Richardson, I mean, if it was just they liked Miranda Richardson and Tracy is done. And so they just wanted to give her another role. Uh huh. She's fantastic. I mean, her expressions, her reactions, her perfectly coiffed hair in this (laughs) lovely red outfit, everything, no notes. She was fantastic. Right. Yeah. Her demeanor is totally different from Madam Tracy and... Yes. She's very good. I don't think I've ever seen her in a role that she wasn't good in. (laughs) Well, that's fair. 
We learn that some of the lesser demons are on half rations from Beelzebub, and that something is going down in the up. (laughs) That was nice. Yeah. Nice phrase there. Something going down in the up, which of course immediately made me think of Stranger Things. The upside down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, starting to really pull me in at this point. I was like, okay. Lots of things going mm-hmm. on here that I hope to find out about. I hope it's not like baby three that we never find out what happens from season one. That was a reference in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> what did you say? Like wh- baby three? Oh, yes, yes. We did never find out what happened to baby three. I, right. I, I, missed, I missed it as well, but now I'm, now I'm with you. <laughs> so then we go to Nina. Yes. Maggie goes into the coffee shop. Yes. And so, yeah, I have it down. She played Sister Mary Loquacious in season one and yeah. we, we, they are using her real name. Yeah. And I'm just like, I said, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, is it John Ham? John Ham. Yes. <laughs> Naked as a blue jay <laughs> walking with a box. I did enjoy the little jiggle of his bum when he's hugging Aziraphale. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There was nothing wrong with John Hamm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Gabriel seems real brain wiped. Did you have anything about that initial bit with Gabriel and Aziraphale other than the butt jiggle? (laughs) (laughs) I have one other question that popped into my head. You know, yes. after he hugs Azarafal and then he turns around and the whole crowd gasps. Yeah. I was like, are they gasping because he's junkless because he's an angel? Right. Or are they gasping because he's showing his junk? <laughs> right. These are the questions we want answers to. <laughs> well, because so... I couldn't come up with any better questions. Those are just the first things that popped into my head. Have we got a Ken doll situation going on here? <laughs> Appropriate with Barbie just opening. Totally. And which Beatrice. I still want to see. So then we pop up to upstairs for just briefly. Michael's upset about something. We have the, the first note of extreme sanctions, but we don't know what that means yet. Yes. And it seems to me like she is talking to probably Beazelbub downstairs about Gabriel. Right, because we know Michael has that connection. So it wouldn't surprise me. Gabriel was adorable with his hot chocolate. <laughs> yes. And I remember do. in se- season one, Gabriel, pre-brainwipe Gabriel, didn't sully his temple with human food and drink. <laughs> and I think this is a bit of a nod to that. Like his body has never experienced it. I had forgotten that. And now he's just like, ooh. <laughs> this is fantastic. You know, what have I been missing all this time? <laughs> I wondered if there was any significance that uh, Aziraphale pulled the name Jim off of the Lord Jim novel by Joseph Conrad. Yes. Which, you know, yet another book about colonialism and Did racism. you happen to see? Did you happen to see any of the other books that were on that shelf? Yeah, I saw Treasure Island and I saw A Tale of Two Cities. So I couldn't figure out why Lord Jim was there in the teens. 
Michelle, yeah, I perhaps <laughs> totally agree because yeah, the, if, if it was going by author, we had D S I mean, it, there were only like seven books, so I, <laughs> I don't know, but the order was not alphabetical. That no. is, is true. Yeah. I just need to jump back a tad bit. Okay. Does, because we had a quick appearance of Sha of shacks again. And where? where? I don't have it written by, by Crowley's car. And Crowley was like, you don't call Anne mysteriously appear. Oh, <laughs> Do one or the yes. other. Yes. It was pretty quick. I was wondering, it seems like Crowley's living out of his car. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if Shaq, Shaq's lives in Crowley's other place or mm. something. And she reveals that the the mysterious, the, the something's going down in the up has something to do with Gabriel. Yeah, and okay. It's from I that remember. scene just before when Michael told Beelzebub right. she wants no one helping him. Right. Uh, okay. I remember that, yeah. Did you notice the plants in the back of Crowley's Yes! <laughs> I, I love that. It seems like he's got all of them in there. All the ones that survived, I suppose. Yeah. I just love the little callback things that they're putting. I mean, those are the details that make a series much more rich and enjoyable. Yes. Okay. I did not catch this the first time I saw it, but I caught it the second time. Aziraphale opens the box. He says the box is empty. The box is not empty. It's not empty? It is not empty. It has air in it. <laughs> no. So, yes, it has air, but it has something else in it as well. I happen to have the episode open because I was looking up something. Okay, good. It, it's a very, I'll just tell you, it's a very small thing, but there is something in there. There we go. You have a little piece in there. You said the first time? Oh, what the heck was that? What is that? I think it's a fly. Oh. I think it's a gold fly. Could be a bee or a hornet or something like that, but it's some sort of winged thing. And we actually have confirmation about it a little bit later because when Aziraphale is on the phone with Crowley, he uh -huh. looks over to Gabriel and Gabriel like swats something away from his face. Oh. And I'm sure it's this little flying insect that was in the box. Yeah. I, looking at it on my computer, I can see there's something there, like by one of the flaps, right? Yes. But I can't tell what it is on my computer screen. And I'll have maybe, to look at it on my television. Yeah. Give it a look because I got close to my TV and I felt pretty certain it was a kind of a golden winged insect that I really think was a fly. And then when we see Beelzebub, I was trying to see if Beelzebub's flies were the same color. I think right. Beelzebub's flies are normal black flies. Right. And I think this fly is kind of gold. So I think this huh. is a special fly. Gonna make Can up. you believe that? I mean, Aziraphale thinks it's empty. And I was like, oh, it's empty. And then I'm like, you know what? I just want to look a little closer. Is there hmm. anything in that box? Hmm. And I was I was rewarded for sure. Yeah, I totally missed it. I guess it's possible the fly landed in the box later, but I really think we saw it as soon as he opened the box. Yes. And and again, I just so, looked at that scene and he opens the box and you can see the little thing in the bottom, yeah. but I only noticed okay. it because you told me to look for it and it's right yeah. there right away. Yeah. I think we're supposed to miss it. 
I think it's I think it's supposed to be like a second watch, you know, after you know what's happening. But, you know, here at Wallowing in the Shallows, you know, we try to see <laughs> if we can. Well, we are aspiring geeks, so that's exactly we try to right. Notice these things. <laughs> exactly right. I and I I did find it so funny. Jim, short for Gabriel, long for James. That whole interplay <laughs> with Jim and Gabriel was really I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's cute. Again, good writing. I did write down, I'm jumping ahead now. Go ahead. To the matchbox. Perfect. And I had to stop it because I wanted to read what it said on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's from Job, the book of Job. Yes. Out of his mouth go burning lamps and sparks of fire leap out. Did you look that up? I, I did not. I just saw that it was from the book of Job, which I know the basics about Job. What right. did, you, did you find out something significant looking it up? Well, that passage that that's in, and it's it's a longer segment, but some biblical scholars argue yes. that this is starting to talk about mythical creatures, and they think maybe it's like the Leviathan. Whoa. That are introduced in this kind of passage. So that will also be interesting to see if something about that comes back. Totally. I have more to say about the matchbox, but not until we see it later. So well, we, we have we our get girl, a new angel, though. Yes, two new angels. Two new angels. This one, yeah. Muriel, who evidently is one of the named angels, in, not in scripture, but in other texts. And the name means perfume of God. And actually, which I thought was quite interesting, is that Muriel belongs to the second order of angels, which is above archangels. So she's actually in the dominion. Wow. Which is not portrayed in this episode. Maybe she gets a promotion. Maybe. Maybe that'd be funny. But supposedly, if if she's around you, you should smell your favorite flower. Wow. She yeah. seems delightful. <laughs> yeah. She's supposed to bring peace and harmony. So, Which okay. does kind of fit in with the demeanor of that angel being portrayed in the show. Yes, it does. And also quite a humble one. So back on Earth, Crawley still has his license plate that is curtain written backwards. <laughs> That's right. I knew... We had talked about it, but I couldn't remember what we had talked about it about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. You bet. And Aziraphale, I, I liked that Crowley just calls Aziraphale out. He's like, okay, you call me for three things. If you're bored, <laughs> if you've done something clever, or if there's a problem. And this is clearly your this is a problem voice. <laughs> yeah, Aziraphale can't get anything over on Crowley. No, not a darn thing. And I looked up these Eccle cakes. Mm -hmm. I think I want to try to make them. Ooh, yummy. They are one of Britain's most famous and beloved pastries. I've heard of them, but have never had one. So if you're going to make those, I will eat them. (laughs) Well, you'll be my my first delivery. (laughs) Here's my trivia. Okay. Oh, gosh. I don't have much around here. So we're in the coffee shop. What's the special roast of the day? 
Oh my gosh. You know, I even looked briefly at the menu and I saw that they had a chai latte, but I do not know what the roast is. Lay it on me. Honolulu roast. Oh my gosh. A little <laughs> nod to the Yanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do like well, some Kona coffee though. That's for sure. Did they leave without paying their bill? It sure seemed like it. I was like, bad. Crowley, I can understand, but Aziraphale even walks out with the plate. That the you know what? On. Here's what I'm going to say. I bet Aziraphale has a tab. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I mean, he owns the space that Maggie's record store is in. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he owns the coffee, sh- coffee shop space as well. He probably owns the whole block. <laughs> right. He's been around a while. Very long while. Mm-hmm. It was very uh, depressing, alarming, both to hear Maggie talk about her partner. You mean Nina? Nina to talk about her partner. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Nina. Maybe I shouldn't have started drinking this beer. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. Is Nina in an abusive relationship? Yes, I have concerns mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Maggie's got a little thing for Nina. Oh, She's yeah. She's very disappointed to find out that Nina's already paired up. Mm-hmm. And Nina also reacted very poorly to getting the Nina Simone record. I was like, you know, just say thank you. I thought yeah. that Nina was quite mean to Maggie in multiple instances. I even have it written down. Nina is kind of mean to Maggie. I totally agree. And I felt the whole situation changed as soon as she saw the record was Nina Simone. I'm just wondering if there's some sort of negative connection to Mm -hmm. her with Nina Simone. And she backlashed about it being a record and what am I going to do with this? Mm -hmm. But was it more the Nina Simone piece? I'm not sure, but it really... I agree that she's overall not very nice to Maggie, but I Mm -hmm. thought there was just a real stark shift as soon as that record happened. Yeah, I wonder, well, I wonder several things about these characters. Will that get explained? Because I did wonder if it was something about Nina Simone. Yeah. Maybe maybe it has to do with her partner using it against her or something. I don't know. Yes. But I'm also... Of course, wondering what is the significance of these two characters in the long term of this series? Yes. Nina says something about when they were teenagers and Maggie was like, I was never like that. And Mm -hmm. we hear Maggie say she's loved the shop since she was a baby. But something is making me question. I was like, I, I, what I jotted down was, were they ever teenagers? I just, Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure. I'm still wondering if these two incarnations of their existence really started after the failed fall or the the failed end of the world. And I'd really like to check in season one if this coffee shop and if this record store existed prior. Oh, yeah. I I don't know the answer to that, but I'll I'll leave that to you to check out. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I I am very, I'm something's got to be going on with Nina and Maggie. I loved Crowley's reaction when he saw Gabriel. Oh, so good. David Tennant. Such a good, everybody in the show, excellent actors. Yes. And Crowley decides to ask Gabriel again. 
And Gabriel's response with the dusting was perfect. Yes. I mean, Ham, Ham is doing a great job. I'm liking Ham much better with his memory wiped, Gabriel's memory <laughs> wiped than Gabriel as he normally was. Oh, yeah. Gabriel's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. But Jim, short for James. <laughs> or long for Gabriel. Long for Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's the, uh, it's, it's it's innocence but not innocence right it's just the literalness of him is funny and it's complete ignorance right he's like it's the total tabula rasa right i mean he's Mm -hmm. just a blank slate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm really looking forward to find out what happened to him Mm -hmm. to to give him the blank slate yes in fact in the opening credits there is a bit where there are kind of these tall structures uh-huh. and they're elevators. Uh-huh. And Gabriel is in one of the elevators with the box. Oh. And I think he's naked. Oh. So kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, we... he probably didn't wipe his own mind. So yeah. yeah, I'm curious. I can't wait to, I don't want to watch too far ahead of us recording. Agreed. Because again, I'm, don't want to be too tempted to bring stuff in that I know that's going to happen. Yes. In fact, I'm already like, oh, I shouldn't have watched episode two because I want to say stuff. <laughs> yes. No, I, I'm going to try not to, unless I'm just, I did watch, I did watch the first two minutes of the next episode. So I know <laughs> something, but I was like, no, no, I don't have them defined well enough in my head when I record. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead, even though it's <laughs> killing me. Yeah. Okay, what have you got next? Well, I mean, the next thing is, I well, I mean, of course, Crowley smokes in the street and causes the blackout and locks Nina and Maggie in the coffee shop. But the next thing of real note that I have is, I want somebody to call me your beatitude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a beautiful, I the, the beatitudes are a beautiful part of the Bible. <laughs> I could be a supreme blessedness one. (laughs) I love it. So we learned Michael is the duty officer and that Gabriel was the supreme archangel. I don't know Mm -hmm. if we heard that term before, the supreme archangel. No, I think this is the first time. There's a vacuum. There's a a vacancy Mm -hmm. in the hierarchy here. And and Michael's making a play for power. Then we're introduced to Saraquel? Saraquel? Yeah, I think it's Sarah Kell. Which, what an interesting, she's kind of in this celestial wheelchair of some kind. Yes. I'm fascinated by this. Yes. And wonder if it's going to lead somewhere because you kind of think of heaven being free of any sort of anything shy of complete health. Right? Yes. And... This is the first case. I mean, she clearly mm-hmm. gets around. I'm not I'm not ju- judging the situation. Right. But I wonder if there's something intentional about her being older. Right. You know, you could kind of see her hands are somewhat arthritic when she's right. working the globe. Right. And so is this an intentional choice here with our friend Sarah Kell? Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at some information online you know and it's one of those new age kind of sites so (laughs) take it with a grain 
But Sarah Coel is one of the angels and is called the Punisher. Mm -hmm. I saw something about the angel of death. Oh, I haven't seen, I don't see that. Primarily belongs to Judaic tradition, considered a holy angel, but also said that this is one of the fallen angels that was expelled from heaven. So it's interesting that they chose this. So according to the Book of Enoch, which we mentioned in one of the episodes from last season, Saraquel, or it's also called Sariel is another name. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. It's considered to be a part of the four holy archangels of eternity and trembling. Powerful archangel. Oh, here it is. Angel of punishment and death. Punishes humans and angels. It violates God's command and God's will. That's Punishes interesting. Those who sin. I, I also saw somewhere that Muriel is an angel of death but you know there's so many i don't know i wasn't clear and i didn't jot down the reference so i wondered if sarah call sarah quell and muriel were sort of connected with that angel of deathiness but i don't know we'll have to see how it plays out yes what are your thoughts on these matches i really don't know i'm very confused about the matches of course, I okay. was confused about them being surprised that there's a material object in heaven when they're all wearing clothes and there's office furniture. Holding files. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there must be something that makes it stand out as an earthly object as opposed to a heavenly object. Yeah. Did you notice okay. Michael's heavenly mullet? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I did not. That's amazing. I'm going to choke myself here on my spit. Okay. Okay. I've gathered myself. Are you saying that uh, she's all business on the front and party in the back? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, they gave Michael. It's a little bit of a wavy mullet, but it's a mullet. And I, personally, I know this is a trend that's coming back. Oh, God. That is a trend that should have stayed in the 80s. It should never return. It should never return. If I can pull us away from the bullet for a moment. (laughs) Here are my thoughts on the matches. Okay. So thought one, this is up where flames that were supposed to burn Aziraphale happened. So I was kind of wondering if the matchbook was sort of accidentally left behind during that process. Like it was those matches that set the fire. Ah. Then when I looked closely at the box, Mm -hmm. it says the finest Scottish safety matches. They're called, it's called the resurrectionist. Oh, okay. That was the label at the top. And then kind of along the side, it said finest Scottish safety matches, 66 goat gate, Edinburgh. Got it. With the Scottish, it made me wonder if it was a bit of a witch finder matches and burn up witches kind of thing. Mm. with the scottish thing and with shadwell and then i did also think that it was interesting that it was 66 it wasn't 666 but right. it was 66 right and goat gate as a four mentioned i was right. saying that the goats were the damned so not i don't have any not not all those pieces fit together right i'm kind of right. throwing a few things out there as possible pieces around the matches now it was also Maybe it's something to do with Gabriel 
like maybe he accidentally got burned by the matches and that's what made him lose his memory and then he was going down the elevator they were found by the elevator right and so anyway those are just some some loose thoughts at the moment Mm. i did wonder if those matches were supposed to have been in that box but how would they have fallen out i don't know i guess we'll find where they used out all of these questions. All of these questions, which is why I loved this episode so much, is I felt <laughs> like there were lots of things to come up ahead, which mm-hmm. is no surprise. But we know Uriel suspects Gabriel has gone to Earth. Which makes sense. It's, it doesn't take great powers of deduction. <laughs> I was very disappointed that we have a new Beelzebub. Me too. And I did check. I, I sure thought that her flies looked black and so mm-hmm. because one possibility of the fly was that it was one of beazelbub's flies that was yeah. in the box but i yeah. don't think so and they all look black to me new actor new face i do like that crowley acts for the audience yep. <laughs> is, is that a new face Agreed. and I, I didn't like how this actor moved their mouth while they were speaking Ooh. as beazelbub it was freaking me out and the teeth are so nasty. I mean, yeah. I think she was speaking around the prosthetic teeth. Yes, I agree. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. It was Nothing nasty. against now that this... actor. I think she oh. did fine. No, I agreed. Just really like Anna Maxwell, whatever her last name is. Yes. Now, this was a case that I thought, okay, she just probably wasn't available. That's what and I so figured. so they had to get somebody else. I, I'm not feeling like this was a whole intentional switch and Beazelbub had a big switch before and after. Could be, but I just thought this was actor availability. That's what I've assumed as well, but I'm still disappointed. Yeah, I gotta say, Beazelbub and Michael seem a little too tight throughout season one and season two. And we, ah. Uh, we learn what extreme sanctions means, which sounds horrible. Yes. Erased completely from the book of life. Mm-hmm. So you've never existed. That's for, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty, uh, pretty extreme. I guess that's so, a real thing in the book of Revelations. Extreme sanctions or no, the book of life? The book of life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. We're back to Maggie and Nina. And Maggie doesn't drink. She doesn't like the taste. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's going to end up being something. Mm, maybe. It's interesting. We've got this real contrast here. Maggie is like this innocent, sweet, doesn't drink, blah, blah, blah. And Nina's got some sort of dark thing going on with this partner a little more crawly like i i don't know i i'm I'm just wondering if there's kind of a parallel or a foil with maggie nina aziraphale crowley interesting of course and as you were saying that i was kind of groaning inwardly due to the casting i'm like if maggie's supposed to be the innocent and she's oh, is woman? this white blonde white yeah right no i hope it's not i hope it's not that and i wasn't meaning to infer because i think we're we're learning that crowley really is not evil right 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 uh but i i agree if it is a a simple light dark i i don't like that yeah. but how we're having crowley portrayed right at this point 
other than Nina being kind of mean to Maggie, mm-hmm. I think Nina is more interesting than Maggie in mm-hmm. the same way I feel Crowley is more interesting than Aziraphale. Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, we don't seem to have secrets about Maggie. She seems quite forthwith. Is that the right word? With her background? And Nina. Forthright? Forthright, thank you. Yeah. Um, About her background. And then, I mean, we do find out that Nina has a partner who likes her to text if she's going to be more than 10 minutes late. But we don't find much else out about Nina. Right. We we have much we have much to learn. Mm-hmm. I want to say a little bit more about Nina, but let's first talk about good old fashioned lover boy. <laughs> <laughs> more queen. <laughs> and Crawley coming back to right his wrongs, let's yes. say. Yes. And he lets Maggie and Nina out of their prison and Mm -hmm. gives them their phone power comes back Mm -hmm. and we find out that maggie's great grandma opened the record shop i don't know this whole i don't know there is stuff going on with this maggie and nina business yeah and all those texts from Lindsay. did did you jot any of them down i did i was like holy crap why is she with this woman yeah i just wrote down a shitload of texts download to nina's phone But I'm so done with this. I'm a real person. I was like, you could just hear this. Mm -hmm. Typical abuser language. Trying to put it all on the other person. Doing all these accusations without even knowing what the hell's going on. And it it sounds, yeah, it sounds really bad. Yeah. Um, I matter. Why don't you care? Yep. You have a great deal of explaining to do. Uh, yes. At least one of us takes this relationship seriously. Please remember what uh, what we agreed about mutual respect. Where the hell are you? Yeah. And two things just sort of jumped out at me, other than the abusiveness of the text, right. obvious. But right. two things that I'm wondering if we want to read any more into is where the hell are you? Mm. Just the word hell was used. And I am a real person. Yeah. Underlined, underlined. Like maybe they're not a real person. Maybe she's with a demon or something like this. And I was wondering if those were at all nods to that. So just something Hmm. to keep an eye on. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that one. But then uh, we get the apology in the bookshop with the little dance. Amazing. Absolute perfection. And so he gave, Aziraphale gave three dates Mm -hmm. for which he had had to do the dance. Yes. I could explain two of them, but not one of them. 1793? I got that one. Oh, which one can't you explain? 1650. Ah, that's the era of Cromwell. So I was thinking maybe Aziraphale said the Catholics were going to retain their power. oh and that uh, crowley was like no no the protestants will will have power well nice work so i you couldn't get 1793 where i got both 1793 and 1941 is we saw both of those years in season one in the episode where they went back 
and uh-huh. showed these various times that they got together. And 1793 was when Aziraphale was in prison during the French Revolution and oh. Crowley got him out. That and 1941 is when Aziraphale had right. gotten this stuff for the Nazis right. and Crowley got him out. So, so yeah. with those two, we knew interactions between the two where Aziraphale was at fault. I wonder and if we missed the 1651 from season one. I don't think we missed it because <laughs> I went back to my notes ah. and the closest was the Shakespeare scene that was hmm. like 1601 or it was definitely before 1650 sometime hmm. between 1600 and 1610 mm-hmm. and that was the closest now they did talk about was it that Crawley was just going to go take no 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 okay that Aziraphale was just going to go take care of the thing in Scotland and Crowley was going to stick around and make sure Shakespeare was successful or something. Right. So maybe Aziraphale messed something up in that. But we did not have 1650 as one of the times that were visited during it would have that been episode. Really interesting if, if they would have had the year that uh, Agnes Nutter was oh. burned. That would have been cool. Now, do you know what year that was? Well, I want to say it was 16-something. I was trying to look back in my notes. 1656 Ah. is when Agnes Nutter was burned. So it is not exactly... I'm thinking you're right about the Cromwell business. But it would have been good if they would have used 1656, even if we didn't see them in that scene with Agnes Nutter. It mm-hmm. still would have had more significance than Cromwell. <laughs> so anyway, loved the dance. David Tennant did it perfectly, yeah. though yeah. begrudgingly. Yes. And and here yeah. we start to get uh, an idea that they actually both still have their powers, right? Because they can do their half miracles. Oh, yeah. The and high... those, half, those half miracles are not quite as subtle as they believe. Yeah. I loved that right after they're like, oh, yeah, those were the subtlest blah, blah, blah huge alarm claxed and bellowing (laughs) in heaven yes and michael's just kind of sitting there like oh crap what am i gonna have to deal with now and uriel i thought was a little bit smug (laughs) oh hugely but somewhat deserved right somewhat deserved yes yep 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 yep. and circle is doing the the most useful thing and actually finding the source of the problem which they she finds is Zarafel's bookshop <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> so i really was very excited about this episode clearly mm-hmm. i have some questions right. but i was all in you expressed you had a few reservations i'd love to hear them yeah well one of the thing it took me a little while to figure this out but then I was like, where is the voice of God? Oh, so I was really missing that. And I thought that it was missing a little bit of the joie de vivre of the first season, even though it's, you know, dealing with serious topic and so forth. There's an underlying lightheartedness to season one that I have not yet seen. And I didn't see it in this episode. So that was that was my big beef about okay. It. You mentioned there's a new writer, yeah, and so perhaps he's bringing that slightly different mm-hmm. voice, right? I to did the wonder. work. 
I did wonder mm -hmm. that. And I thought I'd take a look at the producers and see who they were. If they've got new producers, that might also help contribute to it. Yeah. But really, seriously, why have this narrator with the voice of God in season one and it's totally absent in this episode? I do miss that as well. I was okay with the change and I wondered, I mean, she is also a very sought after actor. Right. So maybe she was also not available. Could be. They could have gotten somebody else and done the same thing, but definitely a different storytelling device that mm -hmm. we have here. And maybe, maybe something's going to be explained with that. Maybe God is different post failed into the world attempt. Mm, maybe. Hopefully Unknown. we'll find out. Hopefully we'll yeah. find out. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you. Thanks for sharing uh, those. Mm -hmm. But clearly you are not disenfranchised enough to be like, oh, oh this is this is not worth my time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But uh, here's a question. Hopefully you remembered we talked about doing this. Yes. Who moves the plot? Who's yes. moving the plot along? Do you want to go ahead? I can go for it. I think it's Aziraphel that moves the plot okay. along the best in this episode. Okay. Maybe just because so much of it takes place in his bookshop. Mm -hmm. I, don't, mm -hmm. I, that's, but that's, and that's probably why, but I think that is my answer. I can totally see that. I am going to interpret this slightly differently. Okay. Maybe this isn't the spirit of it. I am going to say, Gabriel, oh. because I think whatever action he has either done or has been done to him and him bring this box and everything mm -hmm. is a, a huge foundation for what is happening, What why this season even is in existence. Yes, so that's, that's why I'm going to say, that's why I'm going to say Gabriel. I think you thought more critically about that. <laughs> <laughs> And I now wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next one is, well, they're calling them chapters instead of episodes. Right. How Stranger Things. Uh, but yes. chapter two, the clue featuring the mini-sode, a companion to owls. Wow, that's quite a title. Okay, well. I have not seen episode two, so I have no idea what any of that means. And I don't remember seeing any owls in the opening credits. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, I guess all that's left now is to say goodbye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. The soundtrack for the Wallowing in the Shallows Good Omen Season 2 Chat is Dmitry Shostakovich, Jazz Suite Number 2, Waltz Number 2, from the Internet Archive at archive.org. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.